Ari and Helena and welcome to our second episode of my activist life. <laughs> We're here to make activism flexible, accessible and oh so digestible. One episode at a time. <laughs> <laughs> to kick off the season again, we aim to make information easily absorbable. So instead of explaining the history of activism, Helena and I just thought we would examine it. <laughs> Yeah. So before we get started, we would like to continue our tradition of using virtue cards to ground us. Yes. Um, so I picked out sincerity because I feel like that, that had a place in activism. Yeah. Um, so a few sentences that stuck out to me. Um, to quote the card in front of me, it says, when we are sincere, our actions come from a pure intent. We give for the sake of giving. We are transparently truthful. We don't do things to impress others. We have no need to deceive or pretend to be something we are not. Do you want to read the quote on the back? Yes, I would love to. It says, never regret anything you have done with a sincere affection. Nothing is lost that is born of the heart by Basil Rathbone. I think that has such a huge part in what we'll be talking about today because right. no matter how big or small um, impact you make, if it's out there with pure intention, you have done something. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. Yeah. And I think it also gives you peace because if you've done it with, if you have pursued activism with your whole heart, mm -hmm. no matter if you go through things that are perceived as a failure, like you didn't get the policy that you want signed or mm -hmm. you didn't change people's mind who have hold opposing viewpoints, despite those obstacles, you can still have the perseverance to yeah. just keep going because you know what you're doing. You know, you have an, the pure intent that what you're doing at some point will enact change. Yeah. So here's us putting out some stuff out there with sincerity. <laughs> <laughs> um, here are a few nuggets of information to aid your activist diet. Guys, we're so witty with that. Like, <laughs> like, we, we came up with that and we were like, oh my God, like, let's put that in there. So smart. <laughs> Activism as a word has roots in the German phrase activismus. And a suffix like all isms means action. And it was first recorded in the early 1900s during World War One. Yeah. And of course, since then, there have been many notable movements such as the civil rights movement which aided in liberating african americans after we got our voting rights but also there was still segregation and widespread um racism yeah. <laughs> um so of course the women's suffrage movement which aided in giving women the right to vote yeah the anti-apartheid movement in south africa which I was, I was talking to Helena. This movement was always so not the movement, but the actual uh, social issue itself is kind of strange, right. because it was segregating um, the black Afrikaners in South South Africa with the white um, Afrikaners in South Africa. Crazy, and it was crazy. But you yes, know. you might know Nelson Mandela as the face of this movement. Yeah, uh, the LGBTQ plus rights movement, of course, which just allowed people of the LGBTQ um, community to not only be seen as human, but to gain some of the rights that they deserved and just to be able to express themselves. And of course, the climate action movement, to just state a few. Right. 
Um, this, oh, you want to yeah. go? You go. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> but yeah, this can be daunting, especially like when you Google its definition. It says action and policy of using vigorous campaigning to bring about political or social change. Yeah, those are like really big daunting words. Like that's not a little nugget. Like not yeah. everyone can just read that and be like, okay, cool. You know that's what I mean? Like, like that's great, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And then Wikipedia does not help also. It doesn't give you like a much better sense of activism. I mean, it says, what What does it say? Activism consists of efforts to promote, uh, impede, direct, or intervene in social, political, economic, environmental reform <laughs> with the desire to make change in society towards a perceived greater good. Like, what the heck? Like, what, that, <laughs> what that, was that? Like, I don't understand what that meant. <laughs> like, if, it, if that doesn't fill you with trepidation, I don't know what would, honestly. Yeah. So that's why it's kind of important to acknowledge activism's role throughout history and kind of use it as motivation to make activism more accessible because just from its definition, it's yeah. so yeah. whoa. It's, it's big. And like, as you kind of look back in history, we can see how media has been so important like examining the civil rights movement, how Martin Luther King's Jr.'s I Have a Dream speech was virtually everywhere. everywhere. Yeah. Like we can still quote some pieces and pieces of it today. Yeah. Um, and it's kind of involve, involved, evolved to the modern day social media. Yeah. And kind of on that note, when you first Google activism, you know, you get that big hefty definition, which right. doesn't help. And then you scroll down a little bit, maybe to get a little bit, you know, more idea of what it is. Then you see slacktivism come mm. up and it's defined as activism done in a lazy way, like using social media and online petitions, which, um, Hmm. We have, we have a lot of thoughts about that. <laughs> we do. And we have those thoughts in tandem with performative activism. And for those who do not know, performative activism is saying one thing and continues continuing to make the same harmful choices and actions. Yeah. So let's go back to slacktivism for a minute. Right. Which I feel like says a lot just by, just by slacktivism. You <laughs> like, know, like I, I really hate, I mean, I hate's a strong word. I, <laughs> let's say I don't love the word slacktivism right. because the idea that, you know, maybe posting online or signing some petitions doesn't do anything is such a harmful mindset, I right. think. Because sometimes... Posting online, signing some uh, petitions is all you can do safely or it's all that you are, it's all that you have accessible at the moment. Right. And we were saying earlier that um, when we were talking like, you know, behind the scenes a little bit that Mm -hmm. no matter the kind of size of the piece of your puzzle, puzzle is it still has its place to see the whole picture and you still need it. Whether it's, you know, a little tiny speck, doesn't matter. We still need it um, to see the full picture. And I think by kind of using that word slacktivism, it really puts some people on the sidelines. It it, um, discriminates, you know, it's classist, I think. Because not everyone has the financial resources to take a train down to a march and march for, you know, hours or days at a time, you know. Um, Which it has its place, but again, like, there's some physical and just, like, mobile disadvantages. But I also feel like slacktivism tries to negate the importance of social media. Because me personally, when I was on Twitter and I'm still on Instagram, (laughs) 
social media has been a news outlet. I'm not going to lie. Like I can still make sure that I'm checking for misinformation and that all the information that I'm taking into account is uh, accurate. Mm -hmm. It's still a great way to spread awareness. Like there's so Mm -hmm. many movements that I would have just been ignorant to without social media because it's able to promulgate such important movements and to a broad and a wide span of people. Yeah, and really social media is so much a part of our life. It's it's not going to really go anywhere like right. it's it's there to stay and the importance behind using social media is just making sure that it's you know that you fact check yourself before doing anything but also that you're you're using it with sincerity right. <laughs> shout out to sincerity to um you know making sure that you're going going to social media with the pure intention of what you're what you're spreading right and i think it is opposed to performative activism yeah because, again we were speaking earlier behind the scenes that <laughs> One thing I can remember very clearly about the Black Lives Matter movement, which is a movement that's really near to my heart, was the whole black screens and like everybody was posting on Instagram. But Mm -hmm. like some people, although like if that's what one person could do, again, I will never fault. I will never. I'm very hesitant to say that that's lazy or that it's not impactful. However, if you're going to say one thing, if you're going to post one thing, yet you're still using microaggressions, yet you're still supporting companies that further discrimination, that further um, homophobia, that further sexism, it's almost undoing the social action that you're like trying to, that you've just done. So I think it's very important to have a distinctive, a distinction, sorry, Mm -hmm. between slacktivism and performative activism, because it's all comes down to intentionality and if and sincerity sincerity. (laughs) and if you're intentional in what you're trying to and what you examine in the world as a wrong and how you're trying to make it right Mm -hmm. and you're coming from that place of pureness then it has the wider impact whether it's just changing one person's mind or you're getting in front of a crowd of a hundred people and they all change their mind yeah absolutely right And that kind of leads into, like, as we're looking at these definitions and distinctions, it kind of leads to the debate about activism as a word in general. Like, there's a a big conversation and discourse about activism because there's kind of this connotation that if you're an activist, you're a defined expert of social change and you have the privilege to be a savior in certain um, issues. And it kind of excludes people um and like kind of lev people from like you know like who are more privileged in order to act and this is kind of encapsulated in a a ted talk by sophia khan that says be active not an activist Mm -hmm. where she kind of says that she doesn't like the word activist which for good reason Mm -hmm. because she's like again it's the same idea that activists are kind of put themselves above other people and they're the privileged ones in their community right which helen and i want to talk about like why we kind of disagree. Yeah, I mean, for us, I think the whole reason why we started this podcast is to change the definition a little bit, give right. it, kind of redefine it. Um, if we look in the past, activism, forms of activism have still sidelined people. Right. And we're trying to make sure that really everyone can be included in activism. Right, because even when you think about words in general, like... <laughs> verbiage and vernacular has changed so drastically over the years like i was yep. telling helena the slang that i use is def like the same words of slang that i use now mm-hmm. 20 years ago my mom was saying the same words but it meant completely different things so why don't as we look at history and as it evolves to the modern day why don't we look at activism and all that it used to mean to be an activist like older financially equipped why don't we evolve it and make it more inclusive so that we're bettering serve the communities that we're trying to fight for 
And I think that goes hand in hand with intersectionality, intersectionality, I'm sorry, within activism, which was coined by Kimberly Kenshaw, which if you don't know what intersectionality is, it's essentially somebody's different identities, whether religious, uh, sexual, political, all those things, um, and how they kind of create different sectors of privilege and disadvantages. And we see that within history, this um, idea of intersectionality with activism, with the abolitionist movement. Mm -hmm. like. I was talking to Helena about how white men, as they were trying to gain rights for enslaved people, pushed women, especially white women, to the side. They were relegated to balconies while these men made decisions about um, how they were going to go about this social movement. And then you turn around to... Yeah, later on, feminism did the same thing to black women. You know, they were pushed to the Mm sidelines while white women really, you know, like they they were the ones who were marching and they pushed the black women off to the side and like, oh, you actually can't march with us. (laughs) (laughs) So it kind of speaks to this bigger thing about... Making like, although in history it's not, it hasn't been as inclusive as it could be. We still have the power to change that now. Yeah, absolutely. And um, you know, we were talking earlier that activism has uh, has five yeah. kind of main main points, I guess. It has social, it has political activism, economic uh, activism, art and activism, science uh, activism, and uh, internet activism. Mm-hmm. But I think it all really boils down to social, uh, social activism. I think we're all trying to change, um, you know, either our generation for the better in a more hopeful light or the generations to come after it all boils down to social activism. (laughs) (laughs) And when we think about our posterity and we think about just us now, there are young activists that are changing history that will be in the history books. Yeah. I mean, like for, I mean, I'm sure most people have heard about Greta Thunberg. Yeah. With her environmental activism, who is also a dynamic speaker and kind of shows that like, Young people can be at the forefront of science and making our world a better place. Yeah. Um, Marley Diaz, of course. She's a literary activist. Um, 1,000 Black Girl Books. She saw the problem in her community that many books just didn't uh, showcase uh, Black female protagonists. So she made a book drive. Um, Malala Yousafzai. Yousafzai. with girls' uh, education activism. Which I think she's very well known for just, yeah. again, like her bravery um, against the Taliban. Yeah, of course. Uh, Little Miss Flint, or also known as Maria Kopany. Kamari. Wait, hold oh, on. We'll wait. fix it. Little Miss Flint, Mari Kopany. Mari Kopany. What did I say? You, Maria. Oh, my God. Maria, I'm sorry. Maria. Maria. <laughs> <laughs> um, little, wait. Let's so, try this again. Uh... Little Miss Flint, also known as Mari Kopany, uh, for clean water activist. Yeah, so in Flint, Michigan, there was an issue with just accessibility to clean water, which I was telling Helena just recently. It's kind of crazy how even over five years later that Flint still doesn't have accessible clean water. However, with people like Mari Kopany that are leading with sincerity, that work hasn't mm-hmm. stopped. Like these, She's still bringing awareness to it. Right, yeah, and these yeah. setbacks haven't. Uh, stopped this movement. Mm-hmm. Um, and Jack Petos for the LGBTQ plus activists. Which again, we were looking at... Um, pa. Okay, we can. I think we can change that. Okay. Again, as we're looking at uh, 
Florida's Don't Say Gay Bill and just the widespread of banning books around the country. He was just ensuring that different voices are heard and are met at the table. And he's doing a wonderful job. Like I was telling Helena, I'm going to follow him on Instagram once we finish this podcast. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think this one was really prominent, uh, especially during 2020. Uh, Emma Gonzalez, gun reform activist. Yeah, with the March for Our Lives and just kind of showing that young people are kind of taking charge and not only their communities, but for other young people and other uh, future generations all over the world. Yeah, and really, if you don't have anything else, to just use your voice. Right. (laughs) Yeah. And this kind of all goes to show that even though in history, these young people would have been sidelined, people like Helen and I I would not be able to make podcasts about it. (laughs) Um, Young people possess this inherent ability to change the world. All we kind of need to do, which is easier said than done, (laughs) is to be empowered to use our voices. Yeah. So really, no matter, you know, how you define it, just make activism a part of your life. Make it, you know, the way you maybe go about your day. You know, it can be really small things. It doesn't have to be, you know, all of these huge and never-ending time-consuming things. Yeah. Right. Which leads us to the end of our episode and our call to action. Yeah. Okay, so call to actions are going to be things that we really, I think we're going to do every every time we have a podcast. We're going to do a little call to action afterwards. So we have a really fun one. I hope it's fun. Yeah, it's fun. (laughs) I think it's Um, fun. (laughs) So DM us. DM us at My Activist Life on Instagram. So DM us any people, either in history or present day, modern day. Um, It can be someone personal in your life, um, or it can be a historical figure or someone that inspires you really in any way to pursue your own activist life as you witness their own work in social activism. Yep. And that's a wrap on this episode. Yeah. Until next time. Stay active.